0: One small step for man. It means saying I am so. Because I'm still willing to fight and die for that. that this is LeadershipHistory.com. I suppose you haven't noticed how many of our historical leaders had a significant disability. You would think a disability would disqualify anyone to leadership. But if we go all the way back to, oh, I don't know, Julius Caesar. Here's a man who had some significant epilepsy. Alexander the Great, also known to have suffered from epilepsy. And back in ancient times, epilepsy was known as the sacred disease. It was thought that those afflicted had some connection to God or some connection with the spirit world. Napoleon Bonaparte is also known to have seizures, presumably attributed to epilepsy, the first occasion of which occurred in Paris while being punished for insubordination. Didn't stop him from conquering most of Europe. George Washington, first president of the United States, known to have significant dyslexia, grammar skills, and poor performance in reading and language skills. Didn't stop him from becoming the first president of the United States and leading a victorious continental army against the British. Woodrow Wilson, also thought to have significant learning disability a form of dyslexia. Less documented is speculation that Theodore Roosevelt had a attention deficit. Uh, he was a, a bundle of, of energy and force of, of character that have some speculate along those lines. Winston Churchill suffered from speech impediments. He was prone to stuttering and speaking with a lisp. He described himself as being tongue-tied. Churchill is just not someone we think of as having a speech impediment. FDR was known to have polio. And Abraham Lincoln had two significant disabilities. The most serious of which was speculation with substantial amount of evidence that he suffered from clinical depression. Lincoln's first disability is kind of a made-up disability, something that I've come up with and I can make things up because I'm not a historian. I'm a fan of history, but I really need to be careful when I'm dealing with a, a subject like Abraham Lincoln, when I'm making up disabilities, I'm making up disabilities with all due respect, and the disability which I'm going to describe is one that we might think of as a as a superficial thing, something that uh, isn't really that important. And it's not. It's not an important aspect unless you look like Abraham Lincoln. He was shocking looking to the people of that time. And it's true that one's appearance is really a superficial aspect of who we are and what we can do and our abilities and our abilities to be leaders. But it does have an effect. If you are a a young man growing up with features that are completely unusual during a time, which is fairly ignorant of difference or even afraid of difference. Developmentally you can imagine this having a real effect on a on a young person especially and I don't want to minimize or discount or not talk about Lincoln's melancholia, his depression but I wanted to talk about Lincoln's appearance because because it was so dramatic because it was a, a disability of sorts although uh, maybe a made up one but maybe it's only made up to the extent that we don't think of appearance as being a a disability as such. But it's interesting to me how many leaders seem to have kind of a a physical anomaly. And I speculate and I I wonder how disability and hardship and physical difference can influence and be a, a powerful doorway into understanding or feeling a sense of connection or or empathy towards these leaders who have who have a, a physical struggle. You know, in my research I come across these passages and allusions to Lincoln and the way he looked. The fact is at twenty two years of age Lincoln was six foot five, so he would tower over most people. If height was thought to signify authority and stature for Lincoln, it uh, conveyed an outward awkwardness. Although he was said to have been a good wrestler, though he also was said to have lost a lot. And we have the benefit of photographs as well, but uh, there's descriptions of him being high cheekboned and deeply set eyes, heavy eyebrows, thick lips, and unkept hair. He was more often than not construed as being ugly. Miss, uh, Miss Cameron... a colorful description of Lincoln as thin as a beanstalk and as ugly as a scarecrow. Lincoln's appearance was nothing short of shocking to many people at that time and uh, I'll make sure that there's an image of Lincoln uh, in his uh, time as president visiting his generals and you can see how he just towers towers over these rough Men, these these generals in the field, he was. A, he must have been just a shocking apparition to to his generals and people in general. And when I research Lincoln, I keep coming across allusions to his to his appearance and how shocking it was to to just look at the guy. You know, I, I've I've said his his appearance was was uh, was a disability. And uh, it, it was a disability to the extent of how different he looked to others. And you know, there, are, there are studies, I can't cite them, but there are studies, as I understand, that indicate that people back in the day were a lot shorter than they were these days. But at six foot five, Lincoln would be tall in this day and age, let alone. Back in the mid nineteenth century, where people were generally malnourished and shorter, recollections that people have written I think are are interesting and and I'll quote some of them. One of them is from a fellow by the name of Harding, who was involved in an important patent case in the in the mid nineteenth century eighteen fifty four I believe, and he was responsible actually for hiring Lincoln and it's an interesting case it's interesting because it was also uh, the occasion on his meeting Edwin Stanton who also was uh, shocked by his appearance and altogether pretty hostile actually to to Lincoln as a rival counselor in the case I'll have more on that a little later in my podcasts but I just wanted to quote uh, what harding has written about his first encounter which he says actually was was shocking uh, and he he wrote quote, a tall rawly boned ungainly backwoodsman with coarse ill-fitting clothes his trousers hardly reaching his ankles holding in his hands a blue cotton umbrella end quote. and you really got a feel for the guy lincoln was coming up uh from the from his hometown of Springfield into the, the big city of Cincinnati, he's got his best suit on for the for the occasion, and he was met with this shock, this appalling shock at his at his just mere existence, his appearance. And when Edmund Stanton saw him, he asked quote, "Where did the long-armed baboon come from?" Then he described him later as a long, Lank creature from Illinois, wearing a dirty linen duster for a coat, and the back of which perspiration had splotched wide stains that resembled a map of the continent. End quote. So he was not well received. I think part of the, part of that reception, at least from Edmund's point of view, was that Lincoln represented some competition. But it was also his appearance; it was shocking. But he continued to have a certain opinion on the way Lincoln looked. Lincoln knew this. He knew he, he was shocking to, to many people. But he, he dealt with it, and usually dealt with it with, with good humor. There is a an incident that's uh, quoted, and I've come across in my readings, of Stanton one day as Secretary of War being frustrated about Lincoln, and he was reported to have exclaimed, and I quote, we've got to get rid of that baboon in the White House, end quote. And the story continues, and apparently Lincoln's told about what Stanton said about him being a baboon. And instead of being uptight about it and upset, he's apparently he says, "What? That's not an insult. That's an opinion." And what troubles me more is it's coming from Stanton, who's usually right. So, so anyway, he he was able to take these. Insults or this, sh- sh- these shocking impressions about his face and his appearance uh, with good humor, which is what you need resilience and the ability to to maintain a a level of of dignity and understand that that's you know part of your identity a lot of people leaders and otherwise come to identify with their disabilities and it just becomes part of them, and they can they can carry on with good humor there are a lot of, a lot more important life issues and experiences, especially as a president presiding over a civil war, that uh, demands attention far more seriously than one's appearance. Quite obviously, and it and it is obvious, and one can think about appearance and and one's ugliness as a, as a trivial matter and a superficial thing, which is, which it is, but. In Lincoln's case, he lived during a time when physicality was a lot more of an impediment. There was a time in where people thought disability was actually some kind of curse, that there might be something evil about people who had a disability. I'm not saying that Lincoln suffered from that, but there was a lot of ignorance. There was a lot of fear, and this is something that he would have to overcome right from an early age, and develop a capacity for resilience and overcome, especially as a young man, especially as a young person, overcome that uh, impediment. But also in, in later life as well, we have the, the example of Stanton, but uh, apparently General George McClellan was also um, often quoted as calling Lincoln a baboon. And I think that it was a way in which McClellan was dismissive of Lincoln, and suffice it to say that he did face ongoing prejudice on the basis of of the way he looked. Now, it leaves one to wonder how such an ugly person, someone as ugly as a scarecrow, could gain the admiration of so many, the mandate ultimately to lead a country. It might be that success came not despite of his appearance, but because of it. It might be that these leaders who had disabilities Were leaders because of or helped along um, as a result of of disability. Not in every case. In most cases, it it demonstrates a, a force of character. But if you have a force of character enough to overcome a disability, that's saying something about you. You know, there's a fine balance in establishing the trust of others. A fine balance between conveying an outward appearance of strength, while at the same time... Suggesting a degree of vulnerability that I think is endearing to people's eyes. And that vulnerability is the quality of being human. It represents that fragile and messy business of life, which leaves many of us wounded to one degree or another. It's a bit like what Ernest Hemingway had wrote about when he said that the world has a way of breaking us all, and that some of us are stronger in the broken places. Some people... Just overcome. Some people grow stronger as a result of their hardship. A leader who's able to embody some of the same suffering that we all possess endears us to him, and the courage to express the need for help to be honest about one's limitations, rather than diminish our leaders, actually creates a desire to help them and support them. And this is especially true of startup organizations, in my view. Or organizations and change, as it draws in the greatest diversity of talent. People who wish to contribute and support a leader that they can identify with. A a human leader. Not simply managed, but engaged by leadership. It's also been suggested that Lincoln suffered from a disease of the ligament called Marfan syndrome. Which is an inherited disease that reduces the strength of the connectivity of the tissues. People with the condition tend to be tall and thin, with limbs out of proportion to the rest of their bodies. Whether he had Marfin Syndrome or not, what is quite certain is that Lincoln's appearance was often noted, and usually not in a good way, and it must have wounded him, must have alienated him to some degree. And to what extent he let this affect him is not really known, but he maintained a resilience that overcame this superficial, well, an anomaly. During one of his famous debates with his longtime rival, Stephen Douglas, after Douglas called him two-faced, Lincoln reportedly replied, If I had another face, do you think I'll be wearing this one? (laughs) The ability to overcome disability, whether it be epilepsy, dyslexia, learning disabilities, or if you're just plain ugly, like Lincoln, uh, is a mark of a tremendous gift for resilience it provides a window into an empathic understanding of someone's humanity and being able to connect with someone's person someone's humanness allows us to connect in a way which is essential whether whether we are leaders or aspire to be leaders I certainly don't but I do like to be understood And to be understood, one needs to be able to uh, be connected with our suffering and communicate our suffering. And that's a difficult thing to do. It requires uh, resilience and it requires a humility of, of self. And ultimately, it requires a trust that people will understand one's suffering and understand and appreciate that they, too, invariably have their own suffering. And so we can build those sorts of connections by just authentically being honest about who we are and where our blind spots are, where our disabilities lie, because they're sometimes not obvious. I'm not suggesting that we should shout to the rafters all about our disability. I don't think any of these great leaders were um, vocal about uh, their troubles. but it created a, an opportunity for understanding in, in some cases. And it also provided an opportunity for these individuals themselves to overcome and then assist others to overcome. And this is the ingredient for great leadership, for principled leadership.